Hi, my name is Rob Moore and I am Jersey Finance's UK-based director. Uh, we thought it would be useful to host a series of family office-focused podcasts for you to hear the latest opinions and insights into the family office community globally. I'll be speaking with some of the industry's leading family office lawyers, advisors and professionals over a range of topics and I'm delighted to be joined today by Dr. Stuart Gibson, founder and CEO of Gibson Strategy Limited. Thank you very much for joining me for this podcast today. I thought it would be useful to start the series with a topic that is quite frankly the top talking point for many individuals and businesses, and that is COVID-19 and ultimately the impact it is having on them and their family offices. So just before we start, I thought it would be useful if Stuart, you could provide us with an introduction for yourself, maybe give us some insight into the work you do uh, in the context of family offices. Hi, Robert. Thanks uh, for the invitation. For the past 13 years, I've been interviewing hundreds of high net worths, ultra high net worths, family offices and the private wealth service providers. So private bankers, investment managers, trust and corporate service providers, uh, lawyers, tax advisors, real estate professionals, etc. So the idea is to gain insight and thought leadership on private wealth themes such as investing, succession planning, philanthropy, green and sustainable finance, uh, to name a few. Over the last few years, uh, Gibson's Rashi have conducted research across the Crown Dependencies, so Jersey, Guernsey and the Isle of Man, predominantly via in-depth uh, qualitative face-to-face -face interviews with private clients and their service providers. And we've produced a variety of reports such as the Jersey Private Wealth Report in 2018, the Guernsey Private Wealth Report and the Isle of Man Private Wealth Report, which we'll be launching this month. In addition to bespoke research on family offices and substance, uh, family offices and green sustainable investing. And in late April uh, this year, how the COVID-19 pandemic uh, has affected the private wealth sector. So Gibson Strategy has built a significant expertise through primary search uh, interviews uh, with high net worths, ultra high net worths, family officers, but also the service uh, providers. Thanks, Stuart. That's, uh, that's really useful and it's certainly relevant to the discussion today. I know in previous discussions that we, we've had and kind of talking about some of the, the reports that you've already pieced together and in some of the, I suppose, the reports you have planned for the future. And something you kind of touched upon was a draft report for the UK, the Middle East and Africa. I'm just wondering, what was the driver behind these reports? And, and has that been driven by a demand from the private client family office sector? Yes, Rob, thank you. A very good question. We are continuing the private wealth research in the UK, Africa, uh, so South Africa, Kenya, Nigeria, and also the Middle East countries, so the six GC countries, so UAE, uh, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar, Oman, and Bahrain. And over the next 12 months, we'll conduct the, the research. And this has been driven by the need for more in-depth insights and thought leadership in those jurisdictions. So from one, private clients and family officers wanting to benchmark themselves uh, across their peers, but also private wealth service providers in order to uh, gain a better understanding of their global clients. The research uh, will follow the same themes such as client acquisition, client retention, relationships, trust, loyalty, succession planning, next generational wealth transfer, philanthropy, green and sustainable investing global citizens 
and also the cultural differences of private clients and family offices in those countries. I think we at Jersey Finance will certainly look forward to reading those reports. I think given a lot of the areas you touched upon there, they're, they're certainly strategic and key markets for myself and a number of my colleagues within the business. And I think when you look at some of those areas you're identifying with succession, um, ESG, philanthropy, especially I suppose on the ESG and philanthropy side, that's certainly some key areas for family offices and, and something we'll focus upon in our private wealth event, which we will be holding kind of later this year in, in December. And also on the cultural differences, that's also something which is, I think, prominent back in, in Jersey. And I think a lot of the service providers have carried out a great deal of work in the background to make sure there's a, there's a real kind of genuine understanding of those cultural differences to make those relationships as, as strong as they can be. As far as your, your research uh, that you carried out, it was done in early April, so it's, it's very current. I thought we could start with a question of how have family offices been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic? And do you have any specific examples from the families you've been speaking with? First of all, on the business disruption 89% of contributors to the survey indicated that their business had been affected by COVID-19 and due to the lockdown in Jersey imposed in March this year, the majority of employees are working remotely from home. So whilst uh, some have experienced efficiencies in productivity, to a certain degree, staff morale has had a, a negative impact, I would say. Face-to-face -face client meetings are no longer taking place. Events are on hold. Office moves have been delayed. And they've seen a reduction in sales of approximately 30%. So 60% of respondents expect to see effects of the pandemic affect their business for more than six months. However, some businesses will come out winners, such as those that are in the technology sector. On a positive note, though, I would say the family offices and their service providers have also seen a significant decrease in global business travel, resulting in a global decrease in carbon emissions and air pollution. So secondly, on the business continuity plan, our survey found that Jersey family offices and private wealth service providers were generally well prepared for disruption to the business, with 67% planning for a global financial crisis, whilst 37% having considered the possibility of a pandemic situation in their business continuity plan. So all Survey participants uh, indicated that the business continuity plans have been successfully implemented, with over 73% advising that it was implemented very effective and 27% of them extremely effective. So specifically with regards to one international family office, they've reviewed and changed their succession plan and their philanthropic strategy to include more green and sustainable initiatives whilst another family office is looking into relocating to the Channel Islands post-COVID-19. That, that's really interesting on the, on the last point, and you know, uh, I'm sure you'll be able to contact me at any point uh, should you want to discuss the, uh, the relocation position. But, but as far as the, the business continuity plans, for a regulated firm, there is a requirement under the obligations to have a business continuity in place. But looking at family offices where regulation is not a requirement, unless, of course, they're carrying out a regular, regulated activity. Did you find family offices that you've spoken with had similar policies in place with regard to business continuity? Or is it something they've had to adapt quite quickly to? Yes, Rob. The research found that whilst family offices were not required to have a business continuity plan in place, as you mentioned, uh, in general, because they are not regulated unless they have an investment 
business um, where they will be regulated and, and as such they will actually have a business continuity plan in place. So however the majority of family offices uh, do impose good governance and did in fact have global business continuity plans in place. So these obviously differed um, as to whether the patriarch or matriarch uh, were resident in, in Jersey or whether they were resident in say the UK, Middle East or the Far East. So they responded quickly uh, to the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic and they implemented strategies such as reviewing their investments, reviewing their philanthropic causes, uh, reviewing their succession plans and imposing home working for their staff and actually conducting more meetings uh, with their service providers via video because of the time with less business travel. Um, so actually, the, when it comes to meetings, they are far more productive with family offices speaking to their service providers. I, I would certainly say that that is very consistent with what I'm hearing, I suppose, when speaking with the family offices and the intermediary market in, in general. I think Jersey has certainly demonstrated great resilience yeah, during these unprecedented times. I suppose the way family offices have embraced technology and also uh, the island's infrastructure to support that technology is, really is first class. Families have had minimal interruption to their day-to-day -day activities, uh, which has certainly enabled businesses to work pretty much business as usual. But Stuart, from a, from a business as usual perspective, uh, what does your survey show in relation to family offices interaction with government in terms of support funding for companies etc but also in relation to their engagement with the financial services commission yes uh, interestingly the research found uh, with regards to government assistance seven percent of the survey respondents said that they have required assistance from local government uh, seven percent of companies have requested deferment of social uh, security payments and almost 11% have required assistance with employee salaries. Whilst 39% of the respondents have received support from the Jersey Financial Services Commission, but this is in general form of guidance and communication, deadline extensions, information updates, and changes to some processes and certainly uh, flexibility with the, the business community. I would say that uh, with regard to the government and the JFSC, the, the general view is that they have reacted quickly and efficiently to the pandemic. When you look at the deadline extensions and the amendments, adjustments to uh, the processes and policies, uh, they've certainly demonstrated a commercial and pragmatic outlook to support the community in meeting their obligations and, and continuing business as usual. When speaking with the intermediary market, uh, this has certainly been highlighted, I suppose, as a key attractiveness of the island. I think a lot of the experiences of, of some of those other families with other jurisdictions is is uh, they've struggled a little bit with with technology and, and adapting. So I, th I think Jersey has certainly demonstrated that resilience and the, the the willingness to be open and pragmatic and forward thinking. You know, kind of during these difficult times. Uh, I suppose a good example would be, I suppose for me personally, speaking with a, a member firm recently, uh, they were having an assessment from the JFSC, which was actually being carried out over video conference. And again, it just demonstrates effective adoption of the adjusted policies to continue pretty much business as normal. I suppose another question would be from from COVID-19 position you know how has this affected the contact between the family offices and their service providers? The research found that private clients and family offices were in fact impacted by COVID-19 with approximately 96% of clients taking the the direct case I guess private wealth service providers in Jersey are bracing themselves for a reduction in income uh, clearly as the value of assets under management have declined. The retail, travel and tourism industries have been severely impacted. 
the real estate market has also felt ramifications. And the research suggested that 82% of clients' investment portfolios have been affected by COVID-19 and their net worth um, has been reduced. However, many family offices are, are long-term investors looking ahead for two or three generations. And so there's been little or no impact on, on their investment strategy. So Jersey Wealth service providers are have been proactively, they've increased the frequency of client contact and they've been offering reassurance and also identifying risks and providing updates to their clients. I certainly think this time has has certainly allowed uh, the member firms to to engage with growing frequency and provide the necessary support during these difficult times. And I think it's a really kind of relevant point you made around the the, the long term investment position. And and I think people acknowledging the difference between what is a a realised and an unrealised gain or loss across their their particular portfolio. But as far as the implications, you know, what would you consider you know those to be to family offices post COVID nineteen? The research discovered that post-COVID-19 that a significant 79% of respondents believe that COVID-19 will result in permanent changes uh, to how they work in the future. So it's been a, a paradigm shift, uh, working around different groups, staggering office and home working, uh, imposing flexible working hours, and also the, the increased use of technology to enable remote working from home. Um, there's an increase in video calls with clients and colleagues, and 82% of respondents believe that business travel will decrease significantly. Further, uh, 63% expect to see a reduction in face-to-face client contact, uh, increased digital communication, and, and processes. However, employees have really shown um, their adaptability, their fix- flexibility, and also their, their resilience. And thanks to technology and the relative ease which businesses have adapted to remote working, there is a seamless transition to employees working from home. So, however, some respondents enjoy going to the office, uh, like we all do, for the social interaction with their colleagues. And, and it also helps with the professional productivity and their their overall well-being. So the impact of COVID-19, while sudden and unprecedented, has shown that Jersey's private wealth professionals and businesses are resilient, uh, adaptable, and we're generally well prepared. And as a consequence, uh, the island's private wealth sector and their private clients and family offices should successfully emerge from the pandemic on a positive path. And whilst uh, we're all working at home, the need for better communication and collaboration has never been greater. I think certainly following conversations I've had with both family offices and, and advisors, families are revisiting their structures and, and also had reconsidered their choice of jurisdiction. They realised the need for greater stability, both economically and politically, and are looking to jurisdictions with a solid infrastructure, which incorporates digital and technology, which, which, you've, which you've alluded to, uh, and also a reputation which has been independently recognised, which we would like to think places Jersey well to help families to, to achieve their aspirational needs. Just on... On that technology point, and and from a from a personal perspective, how have you found the I suppose over the last couple of months, you know, adapting this technology to deal with those clients, and and have you actually carried out any of your interviews over technology using these platforms? Yes, Rob. Um, I think with regards to technology, um, it's been interesting in the sense that there have been options with video conferencing uh, software. Um, they've been about uh, MS Teams and, and, and Zoom, uh, WhatsApp and, and FaceTime, etc. However, 
I think what's been interesting is the um, the speed at which people have adapted to using uh, that technology. So, yes, I've been using MS Teams or Zoom for uh, client uh, interviews uh, with private clients and families and, and, and uh, ultra high net worths and also with service providers. And the, the beauty is rather than you know, take a, a flight to uh, the UK, book four or five uh, interviews across London, I've actually been able to carry out probably six or seven interviews in a day from the conference um, of my office at home. So yes, I think technology has actually helped businesses, um, whether they're family offices or high net worths or their service providers, but it's certainly helped them be more uh, productive, uh, more efficient. And actually, I think it will certainly uh, change the way we do business in the future. I couldn't agree more. I think the use of technology has certainly, I suppose, focused our attention and, and allowed us to be a little bit more, you know, our, our kind of interaction with clients is, you know, the flexibility that we need to provide on, on a day-to-day basis. I think having that kind of technology in place has allowed us to be a little bit more focused in, in how we piece our, our day together. But Stuart, I just want to say kind of thank you very much for, for joining me today. It's been very informative. And that concludes the first session in the Family Office series. I hope you can join me for subsequent installments by subscribing to the Jersey Heard podcast. Uh, you can also find additional information by visiting jerseyfinance.je forward slash family offices or via our social media pages at Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook to find out more.